Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message at Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy this message. I started out with this um, statement that, you know, Jesus is the Savior. You know, how many of you is Jesus your Savior? And then he followed up with, how many of you is Jesus your Lord? And, um, you know, well, I've been serving the Lord for quite some time. You know, I, 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 if I was going to be honest, from the beginning of it, I could have said, I've been serving the Lord off and on. And, um, but God's been good. He's been faithful, and he's kept me. And um, so um, I felt God dropped something into my spirit. And it's a very, very familiar passage of Scripture that we're going to get to today um, is the basis for what I'm going to share. And it's, it's basically, it's basic training. How many, how many guys here went through basic training? Fort Polk, Louisiana, that's, that's where I spent my time down there. And uh, it was, uh, it was uh, quite, a, quite an experience. But um, so um, I felt like the Lord dropped something into my spirit. I'm going to do the best I can today to, uh, to share with you and, uh, so, uh, and trust that God will... Uh, instill within you uh, a desire. You know, sometimes it's, I, I, I think God is not uh, shocked by anything that we say, we do. We, we don't take him by surprise. He's not baited by our imperfections. Thank God. You know, if, if I was God, that wouldn't be good. If any of you was God, it wouldn't be good because there might be some people that aren't here anymore because they ticked you or me off and stuff like that, you know. So, so thank God that he's, he's not baited by our imperfections. He's a loving God. He loves us. He cares for us tremendously. And, um, but, you know, uh, Henry Ford, uh, you know, got the automobile pretty much industry going in the United States of America. And, you know, I'll guarantee you that Henry Ford could tell you everything that that automobile needed to keep it operating in, in the condition uh, you know, to keep it performing and keep it doing all the things that it needed to do. And just like Henry Ford could have told you that, and you know, you get the book now, and, and they can tell you what kind of oil you need. They can tell you what kind of antifreeze to put in there, what kind of fuel you need and all that stuff. Well, you know, God has something right here. And he tells us how we can, how we can live, what, what kind of fuel we need, what kind of things that we need to keep us going. And uh, so that we can become like the Duracell that keeps the licking and keeps on ticking. Amen? How many want to keep on ticking? You know, I, I do, I do, you know, and I want to finish well. And um, so, uh, again, even though this is, is what I, I would call basic training, I've been watching my life. I've been watching my brothers' and sisters' lives. And uh, just like the second song that we sang, we weren't made just to survive. We were made to thrive. And, um, and yet I see us maybe sometimes not thriving. Amen? How many can say that sometimes you're not, you're not thriving? You're just surviving. So anyway, with that, let's, um, let's pray this morning. Father, um, you are so awesome. And Lord, I, I just look to you today. Lord, you, you placed this on my heart. And God, I'm surrendering to you. And God, as I share, I don't want to be just a dispenser of information this morning. So God, I'm asking you that by your Holy Spirit today, that you would take a hold of these words. Because you said the words that you speak to us, they are spirit and they are life. And so Father, I pray today that this word that is uh, going to come out today would be planted in our hearts. It would take a hold and take a root. And God, that, that this assembly, every man, woman, boy, and girl that's in this place today, and those that are listening uh, through the airwaves today, Lord, that you would cause it to go into good ground and bring forth much fruit, that we could be thrivers, that we could be more than conquerors through you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. There was eyeballs, if anybody knows what was going on. We had some ice cubes in our, in our uh, glasses of water this morning, and there was these little floaty eyeballs in there. And uh, it, it was kind of weird if you were going to take a drink, and you look down and go, oh, man. So anyway, um, 
I'm going to see if I got this. I do. Great. And I'm, I'm a novice at this, so just bear with me this morning um, with trying to move this thing. I'm, I'm a novice at using this kind of stuff. I like to just go for it. But um, this is so important this morning. So just hang with me this morning and uh, for me while you're, while you're out there. Uh, we're going to start out in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 14. And um, I'm going to read what you see up on the screen, but I'm also going to read just a little bit more. Just, just, I like this. I, I believe this is uh, um, it's either the, the uh, Amplified or the uh, Message. Uh, the rest of the time uh, today we'll, we'll be using primarily uh, the New King James Version. Uh, I think I've got one other Amplified verse in here. But anyway, I believe this is from the Message. And um, it just says this, In the Messiah, in Christ, God leads us from place to place from one perpetual victory parade, in one perpetual victory parade, in Christ God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory parade. Now this, I'm going to read just a little bit more of this. It says, through us, he brings the knowledge of Christ. Everywhere we go, people breathe exquisite fragrance because of Christ. We give off a sweet scent rising to God, which is recognized by those on the way of salvation, an aroma with life in it. Okay? How many feels like you're in that victory parade? Let's go on. And um, let me read a couple of other scriptures to you this morning. 2 Corinthians 3.18 in the New King James Version says, But we all with unveiled face. You know, there was a, at one time there was a veil between the, uh, the temple and the, and, the, and, the, and the Holy of Holies, and we couldn't go in there. But when Christ died for you and I, that veil was rent in half, and we have a way to come into the presence of God through what Christ did on the cross. So, and, and actually, Moses, even when Moses came down from the mountain, you know, he was in the presence of the Lord, and his face showed, and the glory of God was on him, and the people couldn't look at it. They had to, they had to put a veil over their face because the glory of the Lord was on them. I would like to have that kind of a glow on my face, amen? That, where, that wherever I walk, people could see the glow of Jesus Christ. I've seen people with that. I've walked with that at different times in my life. I want that to be a more regular thing, amen? That's, I want, that's how I want to walk through this world. Anyway, but we with an unfailed face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed Changed. We're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Let me read another uh, version of this. It brings it out a little bit more clear. I, re I read about 15 versions of this. There's even one that's even, even a little bit more detailed than this. This is uh, the Amplified, okay? It says, And we all, with unveiled face, continually seeing as in a mirror... When we speak of the mirror, a lot of times what we're referring to is Scripture. We're re referring to the Word of God. You know, the Bible says if you, if you want to see what you look like, take up the Word of God and begin to look at it. You know, when you want to examine yourself, the Bible does tell us, let a man examine himself to see whether he's in the faith or whether he's out or whether he's getting, getting off the path. You know, we're supposed to enter in at the straight gate and walk this, that straight and narrow path. Uh, because uh, straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life eternal. That's where I want to go, life eternal, Right? But broad is the way that leads to destruction. That's not, what the, that's not the road I want to be on. I want to be on the straight and narrow. Amen? So, but it says if we, so this mirror is, is the word of God. So we take the word of God and we look at it and it tells us where we are. And it says if you walk away from the word of God, you forget sometimes what you look like. And sometimes we walk away from the word of God and we start looking at somebody else. And guess what? I can see all of his warts. But he can see all of mine too. So when we want to look and examine ourselves, we need to look in this mirror. So what it's saying here, let's go on again. And we all with unveiled face continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of God are progressively being transformed, changed into the image, his image, Christ. That's Christ. We'll be changed in the image of Christ from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So, we are in a perpetual victory parade, and we are moving from glory to glory to glory to even more glory to even more glory to even more glory, being changed and looking like Jesus 
more every day. Okay? That was a weak amen because let me ask you this. How's that working out for you? You know, God has a plan for us, for each and every one of us. He has a plan for the corporate body of Christ. And he has a plan for every man, woman, boy, and girl. And I can tell you this this morning. The plan that God has for you is so incredibly awesome. And yet when I look at my life and I look at the lives of my brothers and sisters, I see that we don't necessarily aren't walking on that perpetual victory parade, that we're not necessarily moving from glory to glory. In fact, sometimes we feel like I'm taking two steps forward, three steps back. I'm going from bad to worse. I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to get through. I'm just trying to make it. I've got all kinds of things going on in my life, and I, I don't know sometimes how I'm going to get from one day to the next. That's not what God's plan is for your life. God wants you to thrive. He wants you to be more than a conqueror. He wants you to be an overcomer. And today, you, 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 I know there's some of you here. That, that there's, there's times when you experience fear in your life. There's times when, when maybe there's somebody here, you've got an easily besetting sin, and you've tried and you've tried and you've tried to shake that thing, and it keeps coming back and it keeps coming back, and you're, you're, you feel helpless. There's people in this building today who think God is angry at you. God is mad at you. He doesn't love you. He doesn't want anything to do with you. He doesn't want to talk to you. I'm telling you something this morning. That is a lie from the pits of hell. God loves you. God has a plan for your life. God wants you to survive, and he wants you to go beyond that to thrive. He wants you to be able to live in this world as an example, as a shining example of him in this world. And every single day, we need to be asking ourselves, am I looking more like Jesus today than I did yesterday? Amen? Now, I know it's really quiet in here today, but give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. There's people that feel like there's not a person in here that loves them, that even wonder if God loves them. There's people here today that got guilt in their life, that have got shame in their life, that have got disappointment. God doesn't want you there. He's got a plan for your life, and he wants you to move beyond that. He wants you to move beyond those difficult things in life and turn your eyes to him, amen, so that you can have victory in your life, so that you can have, you know what, sadness, mourning, mourning, mourning as in weeping, not mourning as in a.m. He wants to turn your mourning into dancing, your sorrow into joy, your sickness into health, your fear into faith. God wants to do all of these things in your life. So today we're just going to talk about how do we get from where we are to there. And how many says that you've, how many, just by being honest this morning, let's be honest. I'm going to be honest. How many feels like you have a little ways to go? Praise God. I got the right, I got the right place. By the way, Pastor Norm is in Onaway this morning and he's sharing. And I think he's, he's getting in the boat again. He's just not getting in it with me. <laughs> That's a private. I, I, won't, I won't elaborate on that anymore because I probably won't live it down for 10 years. So anyway, let me tell you something. Did you know that the minute you got saved, that somebody was very upset about that? That the minute that you got saved, someone actually, actually declared war on you? Did you know that? You know, when that, that, that's kind of like the, in, in the basic training there, when you put on a uniform, when you, you know what? When we got out and, and we were doing our battle exercises and we were in a foxhole, you know what? You, 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 when you were looking out that foxhole, you were going like this. You, you weren't going. Because you knew somebody was going to be shooting at you. So how is it that when we are walking our Christian walk and we walk out the front door and all of a sudden, bam, we get attacked and we, we act like, No, we should be expecting that. We should be expecting that. We're in a warfare, amen? So anyway, I, I'm not a really good drawer, but I, I wanted to make a picture that kind of looked like all of you. And so 
here, here's my effort here, if I can get it. Well, actually, there's, looks more like a guy. Actually, I didn't draw that at all. But anyway, this is, this is what we are. And uh, again, this is basic Christianity 101, but I think it's extremely important. So bear with me today, amen? This is you. You are a, you know what you really are? You're this one down in the middle here. You are a spirit. And you have a soul, and you live in a body. Yeah, I could do, a, I could do wonders with those before and after advertisements. Of, you know, for. So when you got saved, okay, when you got born again, yeah, see if I can make that little thing. It's that right there that was born again, your spirit. Your spirit was born again. Your body was not born again. We'll get in. Let, let me move on to the next one here. Your soul, and now I know we talk a lot about save my soul and blah, 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 blah. It, it's, it's, it's really our spirit that was, that was born again. And we're going to go, let me, let me just move on here to this next slide. Now, I don't know if you can see this really well, but here again is another, that's you again. My, you guys changed. Okay, so there's your spirit up there. And when you were born again, instantly, you were holy. You were holy in God's sight. God shed his blood for you. When God looks at you, he looks at your spirit. He sees Jesus. He sees the blood of the cross. You were made, your spirit was instantly made 100% saved. Couldn't get more saved. Couldn't do anything to make it any better. It is a done deal. You are saved. You are in Christ. And, and you know what? Couldn't get any better. However, you also have a body and you have a soul. The soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And I'm not going to get into the emotions, feelings. That's a whole other message. But because, and this here is supposed to be, these two here are supposed to be a progressive work of holiness, of sanctification, of becoming more like Jesus, about moving from glory to glory to glory. So our spirit is 100% saved, but it's our body and our soul that, that we have to deal with. And because that body did not get saved, guess what? I was 32 years old. Now, it's not that I didn't know the truth because my dad was an old-fashioned holy roller preacher. I knew the truth, but man, when I left home, I went just as far and as fast and as down as I could go. And then I lived that way for a number of years, probably a good 10 years anyway. But besides that, I wasn't saved before that, so I, I had 30-some years of this and this controlling my life. And I did whatever the flesh wanted to do. Whatever my body wanted to do, that's what I did. Anybody relate to that? Wherever it went, that's where I went. Whatever I felt like doing, that's what I did. If you look at the bottom here, and I'm just going to go to the next one. There's a good scripture down there because this is the work that God wants to do in your and my life. This is a scripture that was at the bottom of that screen. And it's 1 Thessalonians 5. 23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, all of you, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what he wants to happen is he wants your soul and your body your, your soul again is your what? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and your feelings, your emotions, your, all of those things that go on, those feelings. Let me tell you something this morning. Feelings are fickle. I can tell you that right now. There's times when I don't feel saved. I know I'm the only one here that's ever felt that way. But maybe there's a, somebody down the road that goes to another church and you'll know them, and I know you guys have never felt that way, but, but maybe you could just share with them that that, that, that feeling is not true. Everything that we feel in life is not true. Everything that we think in life is not true. So we've got this process going on in our mind of thinking all of these things about all the way that we, you know what? The way I 
funk. That's not a word, is it? Thought. But the way I thought for all those years when I got saved, some of that stuff is still going in my mind. And so I'm saved, but I get up and I try to, to walk through this world just the same way I did for the last 32 years. It don't work. It does not work. God has a plan, amen? So he wants to bring us in line where our spirit, soul, and body. Let me read this again. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, what, what you and I want, my, my goal in life, I want, first of all, I want to finish well. How many want to finish well? I don't, I don't want to, I, I, I want to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So in order to do that, I need to begin to look. God tells us how to get there, just like Henry Ford knew how to make that work. God knows how to make you and I work. He knows how to make you and I function. Amen? So we need to find a way to get our soul and our body, our mind, will, and our emotions, and our flesh to line up with our spirit, with what God is wanting. So God puts something inside of you. How many has ever experienced that? That longing inside of you for the things of God. But there's a war going on. There's a battle going on, and we know where that battle is, and we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Before we get there, I want to just show you a... See if I got that? I don't have it. Hmm, I took that one out. Yeah, I did. Bye, George. How do you like that? Anyway, what I had was a uh, replica. of an altar, of the altar in the, um, in the tabernacle, and it was a place where they, where they sacrificed animals. And I'm going to read to you a little bit, just, just a little bit about the sacrifices back in the day when they were sacrificing. Thank God that we don't have to do that. What a, what a bloody mess. If you've read of, of all the sacrifices that had to happen, Jesus came once and for, forever gave his life, and we don't have to do that anymore. Thank God for that. So, so you just saw the picture of the altar. It was, it was pretty cool. It was, it was up there and it was, yeah, it was good. So Leviticus 3, verse 6. And this is just giving instruction. If his offering or her offering as a sacrifice of a peace offering to the Lord is of the flock, whether male or female, he shall offer it without blemish. Okay, the bottom line of this thing is they, they had sheep, they had cattle, they had all these other animals, and, uh, and at different times you bought different animals and then you sacrificed them. There was a peace offering. There was a, uh, there was a number of different types of offerings that they made. But the bottom line of the thing was what the, God was saying to them is when you bring me an offering, I, I, don't, don't look at your flock and find this scrawny one. Don't look at your flock and find the one that's limping. Don't look at your flock and find the one that's, that just doesn't look like he's going to make it and say, I'll just use this one because, you know, he said, without blemish. That was a representation of what? God, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He was without sin, okay? So what we offer up to God, you and I ourselves, what we offer up to God needs to be our best, needs to be the very best that we have. You know, whether it's our tithes, it's not, okay, I get out my checkbook. and I, You know, all this stuff is great preaching, you know. It is. When we get out our checkbook, it's not at the end of when we pay all, everything else, and then we find out, oh, I've got a little bit left. I'll just write a check for that. No, it's, it's the first fruits. It's the best that we have. And uh, when, we, when we offer up our praise to the Lord, you know, I, I love going into different cultures that are not so reserved like we are. There's even places in the United States where you can go in and they are unreservedly you would think you was at a football game, but you're not. You're in some place where they're worshiping the Lord, and they're not doing it with part of their might or, or part of they're doing. They're, they're following Psalms 103. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all, all that is within me, because he's worthy. He's worthy. So when we offer up praise to God, you know what? He won the greatest battle that was ever fought for you and I. And because he did that, we're guaranteed to win. 
We're guaranteed the touchdown. We're guaranteed the home run. We're guaranteed the whole bit because of what he did for us. That's worth worshiping him for. He's worthy of our worship, amen? So, and then uh, let me read you a little passage in 2 Samuel 24, 24. And this is, this is King David. And King David wanted to offer up a sacrifice. And uh, he's got a guy there. And, you know, people love the king, and they wanted to do things for him. So the, this guy, Aruna, you know, when David wanted to offer sacrifices. He said, I'll give you the wood. I'll give you the bull. I'll, let me give you this stuff. Let's hear what David said. Then Aruna, then the king said to Aruna, No, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God, that which costs me nothing. I'm not going to offer to the Lord something that doesn't cost me anything. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver and gave the sacrifice to the Lord. So David was, what was David? A man after God's own heart. And he said, you know what? I'm not going to offer the Lord something that doesn't cost me nothing. I said all of that to bring us to our uh, two verses that are going to be our main text today. And um, beginning with Romans 12.1. These are such familiar passages of Scripture, but there is such truth in this that if we can apply it to our lives we can be on that perpetual victory parade you and I can be moving from glory to glory to glory and that's God's plan for your life that's God's plan for your life look, look at your neighbor say hey God's plan for your life is to be on a victory parade to move from glory to glory to glory. Amen. Okay, so Romans 12:1. I beseech you, this is Paul speaking here or, or writing here. I beseech you or beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And I share this all the time. I, I, I speak on this subject a lot of the time, and, and, and uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's just for me, but I think it's because all of us need to grasp this. And sometimes we're, we just live life. We walk out of this place, and we try to live life without looking at the manual. We try to live life without looking at the manual. And, and sometimes we just forget things. We forget just basic things instructions before leaving earth. That's what the Bible is, basic instructions before leaving earth. One day we're going to leave earth. We need to follow these instructions. I'm just going to look at a couple of things here in, in, in verse 1. A living sacrifice. Thank God Jesus died for you and I and that we don't have to do that. He, he paid the price already. He's the one that died. So we're supposed to be a living sacrifice. We're, uh, but we place ourselves on the altar to him, holy and acceptable unto God. We want to present him something that is acceptable to him, okay? And holy, in the broadest sense of the word, holy means set apart. Set apart for him, set apart for his, his services, for his worship, for his, you know, when, when he wants to redeem our bodies and our souls, you know, there's a reason why we're still here. When God, why when God saved us, didn't he just go, whoosh, saved, on up to heaven? We are still here because he has a purpose and a plan for your and my life, and he wants to use us to bring other people into the kingdom. Amen? That they could, and there's a, there's a ton of reasons, but so they could see our good works and glorify him who's in heaven. Amen? With me. So, we need to present our bodies to him, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. When I, say, when I think about that, if you, if you read Romans from about chapter 3 on through where you're at right here to verse 12, verse 1, you'll find that's what uh, the therefore is because all of that talks about the mercy of God, about how God's mercy and how God's grace has been extended to you and I. So... Because God extended that grace and mercy to you and I and gave his life for us, then we, in response, 
should present our bodies to him a living sacrifice. And by the way, body, body here is referencing the whole, your spirit, soul, body, the whole man. You present yourself completely to the Lord. And then I, like, I always like to add this. If you go into um, um, Save a Lot, and they want $15 for a loaf of bread, which they don't. But if you did, you wouldn't buy it. Why? It's not reasonable. I wouldn't. But what God's asking us here is our reasonable service. In light of what God has done for you and I, we need to present our bodies a living sacrifice to him. Amen? So, let's go on. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. We saw that a little bit earlier, didn't we? Transformed, changed, transformed, changed from glory to glory to glory, that we would move from glory to glory, that we would be changed every time. I'm moving up, I'm moving up. You know what? God is calling you up higher. God is calling you up higher. And so we're moving from this, in this perpetual victory parade, and we're moving from glory to glory, amen? That's what God's plan for our life is, okay? So don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, changed by the renewing of your mind. How are we changed? How are we changed? By the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'm not going to get into that little part right there, but there's quite a message even in that that we can prove God's will for our life. Listen to me this morning. If we do not renew our minds, if we do not, we'll end up believing all kinds of things. If we don't rein this in, it's like a computer, and I don't understand them really well. I'd have to ask Chad or Andy up here to explain to you the ins and outs of the computer. But this right up here needs to be reprogrammed. It needs to be changed. The way that, we, if you've watched Joyce Meyer, you know what she says. You need to get rid of that stinking thinking because this right here is what's going to. Uh, lead you to the place that God wants you to be or it's going to lead you to the place where he doesn't want to be. And that all takes place by what we allow into our minds. So we need to reprogram our minds. We literally need to replace our old thought patterns with new thought patterns. We need to take out all the ways that we thought before, like when I saw somebody when they cut me off in the road and I wanted to give them a gesture, maybe get out of the car and smack them up, and all these things. There's all, there are so many things in our life where we did things in a certain way, and now God is saying, we don't do them that way anymore. So in order to change the way that we think, we've got to get rid of these old thought patterns and we've got to put new thought patterns in. And guess where we find those? In the Word of God. So here, here again, if, 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 I, if I go back to the second scripture that I read, which is 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, But we with, all un, with unveiled face continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So what are we looking at? We're looking at the Bible. We're seeing the glory of God are progressively being transformed into his image by looking at him through the word of God. By looking, you know, the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Where you look, what you see, what you read, what you take in, that determines. You know, when you think with this mind, the things that you think is eventually where you're going to go. That's what happened in the garden. So, now, I, I, I said something to you a little bit earlier, I said that the minute that you got saved, the minute you got saved, somebody declared war on you. You have an enemy out there. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you, and you guys know this, but you need to hear it again so that we can get in that perpetual victory parade. You know what? We're living in the last days. God wants us to grasp this, get up, and get on with life. Stop worrying about the petty things in life. He said, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things in your life that you need will be added to you. Don't fret about that stuff. 
Get in God's army. Get marching to his tune and see what God does in your life. God wants to do signs and wonders through you. He wants you to walk through this world. He wants the world to see what God can do through you and stand in awe, and then you can point to him and say, it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. You should have seen me before. Look at me now. It's all because of what he done in my life. Amen? So, you've got enemies. Somebody declared war on you, and you've got three in particular, and I'm just going to share these real quick with you today, if I can. Where am I at here? Okay. Enemy number one, Satan. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The, the enemy, the Bible calls him the prince of the power of the air. Sometimes, you know, you're going along and you're just driving along in your car and all of a sudden you get this thought and it's like, whoa, where'd that come from? Listen, listen to me this morning. There's a number of ways where thoughts come into your head. Some of it's the flesh, some of it's what's been there for years, and some of it the enemy can actually throw some things in there. I will tell you this much. The Bible says that he is a liar and the father of them. You know what he said to Jesus when Jesus was 40 days in the wilderness and tempted? He said, if you be the son of God. He was talking to Jesus. Jesus was the son of God. How many times has he said to you, if, if you're really a Christian? <laughs> if, if you're really, no. We need to, to understand what's going on here. We need to stop that right then and there. We need to begin to address what we hear, what we see, with what God's Word says. Not what you think, not what you feel, but what God's Word says. That's what you need to live your life by. So you have an enemy, Satan, that's going around, but Jesus said, Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God has given us power over the devil. He's given us power over the enemy. Amen? Okay, enemy number two. The world. 1 John 2, 15 and 16 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. When I say the world, I'm not talking about that beautiful lake that I go fishing on. I'm not talking about the beautiful uh, creation that God has created. You know, when he got through with it, you know what each, each day you know, he said? He saw it, and it was good. God created this heaven, and it was good, and it was great, and his creation is beautiful. But we're in a fallen world, and there is a world system, and you can see it so prevalent in our society today that you look and you say, what in the world is going on? I know that our nation is in trouble when you can't decide which bathroom you're supposed to go in. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. When you can't understand that the boys go into the boys' bathroom and the girls go into the girls' bathroom, something is wrong. There is a world system, and that world system is in diametric opposition to God. You can see it. Uh, Chad prayed this morning as we prayed in our little group. He thanked the Lord for the fact that we were living in a country where we can still openly worship God and not be persecuted because there are places in this earth where they're literally losing their heads because of what you and I have the freedom to do here. And we should be thankful that we live in the United States of America. We should be thankful for the things that God has provided for you and I. And we should be praying for this nation and we should be praying for the leadership of this nation. Republicans and Democrats alike because they all need Jesus. So it's the world system. What is the world system? The world system is what says me first that pursues every ungodly, unrighteous thing that there is. And we have, the Bible says that we're in this world, but we're not of this world. So we're pilgrims and strangers. We're walking through this world. We're on a journey on our way, walking down the straight and narrow, trying to get to heaven. So when we're walking down through this world, we've got to face all of that stuff. 
So, enemy number one, Satan. Enemy number two is the world and the world system. And, and, and they're trying, believe me, how many knows that the world system is trying to get you to come along with them? Come party with me. Come do what I do. Come uh, enjoy the things that I enjoy. And God's saying, no, that's death. That's death. I want you to have life. John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. He's got a threefold purpose. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy and use the world system to do it with you. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, have it to the full. God wants you to have an abundant, overflowing life. Amen? Okay, uh, how many knows what enemy number three is? You got it. When we went back there and I said, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. And so the flesh here, First, uh, Galatians 5.17 says, For the flesh lust or wars against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish to do. If you, if, you wanna, if you wanna get a really good picture of this, I'm talking about a war today. I'm talking about a battlefield, and it's one of the most raging battles that has ever been fought. Guess where it's happening? It's all happening right up here. It's the battlefield of the mind, and we win or lose by what we allow our minds to think, to dwell on, to meditate on, those things that we think about, those things that we meditate, because, and again, I said this, feelings are fickle. It doesn't matter. Let, to, hear me this morning. It does not matter what you think. It does not matter how you feel if it doesn't match up with what God's Word says. What God's Word says needs to dictate your life. And God says a lot of good things about you and I. And uh, at the end, I'm going to give you some of those things real briefly. And, and I'm, I'm going to ask you to do a little homework, to write these down. We need to begin to change what's up here. How many is already there? Thank God nobody lied. Amen. I've got a house full of honest people here this morning. The flesh... Our bodies, you know what? It wants to do what it wants to do. And it's got a loud voice. It will throw temper tantrums. You know what? I'm just telling you, when you get hungry, what do you do? Everything that body, you know, screams for. And I'm telling you, it screams for unhealthy things too. My dad said something one time that made a lot of sense, and I've studied it out for a long time, and it, it, it really does line up. Sin is excess. There are a number of things that God, God ordained that we would eat, but there's excess. In marriage, God ordained sex, but there's excess. There's all these other things out there that are not God's plan, that are death. And those are the things that the body is screaming for and we have to be able to address those things and say, uh-uh, uh-uh, that's not where I'm going. We begin to think because God wants to lead us in the paths of life. Let me just read to you Galatians 5, 19 and through 21. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the things that our flesh wants to partake of, but we're not going there. I'm not going there. You're not going there. Amen? So, but the fruit of the Spirit going on here in Galatians 5, and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And the Bible says in Romans 8, 6, and 7, just, just paraphrasing real quick, the carnal mind, the mind that we have that needs to be reprogrammed, the carnal mind is at war with God. 
So we want to change our mind where that we can say what the Bible says about us, that I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ, that I walk like him, I talk like him, that, I, that I'm in this world and I'm his hands and his feet. I want to be his hands and feet in this world, amen? I want to see God do awesome things, and I, I know that he's going to, and he's going to use you. All you have to do is say, Lord, I, I can see what, what this what this." brother up here sharing with me this morning is the truth and that I need to begin to change the way that I think. And I'm not saying you've never done this. I'm not saying that there, everybody here is not there uh, trying to do these things, but I'm telling you what, I've seen enough to understand that we need to move from a place of just surviving to thriving. God has called us to thrive in this world. Amen? So, since we have enemies... And we have to fight against them. We have to know how and what to fight against them with. Amen? All against just basic stuff. This is a uh, scripture I love. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 6. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That's good. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Another uh, version says arguments. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And look at this, bringing into captivity some of our thoughts. What? Oh, bringing into captivity every single thought to the obedience of Christ. You want to know what to do when the thought comes? You know, a, a beautiful display of this war that goes on, if you read Romans 6, 7, and 8, and 7 just shows it so clearly, um, this battle that's going on, and it's all taking place up here because what is up here eventually moves on through the rest and the body follows. And God wants to sanctify us, spirit, soul, and body. So, strongholds are things that if you, if you allow the thoughts that are not pleasing to God, if you allow them to continue to fester, you'll end up with a stronghold there. And then the imaginations, the arguments. You know, I, I imagine it went something like this for Eve. Because what, what, what Satan does, and get, get, hear me this morning. He is a deceiver, he is a liar, and he's the father of them. He's not capable of telling the truth. Half-truth, yes. Truth, no. And he, he doesn't want to help you. He wants to harm you. He wants to kill you. He declared war on you the minute you got saved. So, I imagine in the garden it went something like this. You know, the snake is talking to Eve, and the first thing that he does is he casts a doubt on God's word. He said, oh, God didn't really say that, did he? He didn't really say that. So my, my take on that passage of Scripture was she made her first mistake by even having a conversation with the enemy. She should have never even been talking to him. She, said, she should have said, take a hike. And then when Adam came along, he should have said, take a hike too, but he didn't. So she, he, the serpent, Satan, he comes along and says, hey, God didn't really say that, did he? And then she begins to think about it. She begins to look at it. She begins to look at this, this forbidden fruit, if you will. And that's just how God works against you or, or how the enemy works against you and me. He brings, and, and then he tells you, oh, you deserve this. You deserve this. Yeah, right. No, I'm not going there. Amen? I'm not going there. So... We need to cast down these arguments, these imaginations, and every thought and bring every thought to the obedience of Christ. How many saw Chicken Run? Anybody remember Chicken Run? I got a few Chicken Run people here. Come on, did anybody else see Chicken Run? It's all in your head, Mr. Tweedy. I remember that distinctly. And, and that's, that's where the battle grill, the, the battlefield is in your mind and the way that you... That, that, us to this place of walking in this perpetual victory parade, of moving from glory to glory to glory, is by 
reprogramming our mind. We're changed by, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Amen? So, I'm going to just briefly go through some of the weapons that you and I can use. Um, See if I'm here in the right spot. Number one, the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Again, Jesus was our example in the wilderness. The enemy, Satan, came to him three times. And what did Jesus do? He said, he quoted Scripture. He said, it is written. What I marvel about that passage is then it says, and Satan left him for a season. Yeah, meaning he's coming back. He's not going to give up. And so you have to keep sending him on the way, uh, rebuking him and sending him on the way. And using the Word of God, he can't stand against the Word of God. Um, you know, going back to basic training, <clears throat> we had M16s at the time, and you know what? You had to know that weapon inside and out. Take it down, put it back together, take it down, put it back together, take it down, put it back together, clean it, clean it, clean it, never leave it, by your side all the time, take it down, put it back together, be able to do it blindfold, and never leave it anywhere, it's always at your side. That's how we knew that when we went to battle, that weapon was going to fire correctly and it was going to be used correctly. It's the same thing with the Word of God. It's a weapon, and we need to know our weapon. We need to look at it. We need to use it. We need to use the Word of God to win the battles in the mind that we can fight. When the enemy comes and says, you're not saved, you can give him you know, that I'm washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. I am, I'm a, a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I love that song. Amen? So we need to know our weapons. So one of our weapons is the Word of God. God. Who's our enemy? Okay, I didn't get, my, my hands don't work real good that way. Satan, world, the flesh, okay? Weapon number one is the Word of God. Weapon number two. Blood of Jesus, Revelation 12, 11. And I, for us, this here says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony and did not love their lives unto the death. And one of the things that you need to understand is, is, and all of us have this in us, in this, you know, everybody wants to go to heaven, nobody wants to die. <laughs> Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. And, and, and eventually, you and I, it, it, unless, and I believe we're really close, Jesus could come today. Amen? And um, so, but we can overcome by the blood of the Lamb. I've, how many has ever pled the blood of Jesus in your life? How many has ever, you know, to be able to say, hey, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. That washes whiter than snow. And the Bible says that, uh, let me read this scripture here. Psalms 103 again. He has removed our sins as far away from us as the east is from the west. I am washed in the blood of Jesus, Christian. My life has been bought with him. I'm his. Amen? It's another weapon that we use, the blood of Jesus. The Word of God is the, is, is the capital thing here that you and I need to use to reprogram our mind, okay, to fight in the battlefield. Last, the name of Jesus. We just sang about it. What a wonderful name. What a powerful name. When we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen? Come on, say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Mark 16, seven, uh, verses uh, 17 and 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. How does that happen? In his name name in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. And um, anybody getting this this morning? It's pretty basic. Thank you, Lord. 
Rachel, why don't you go ahead and come on up and just begin to play. I'm I'm, going to give you some things this morning that um, one of them is the the next passage of Scripture that tells you in order to... in order to reprogram this, in order to get where we need to be in the mind, is we need to read his word, we need to think on his word, we need to meditate on his word, we need to have that going all the time. You know, how many, how many of you had times in your life when you were not at peace? When you just didn't have that peace? God's word says, I will keep his mind in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the Lord. Whose mind is stayed on the Lord. So you can make a choice. These are choices that you and I have to make. What are we going to meditate on? What are we going to think about? It it says looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Not looking at the mountains in your life. Not looking at the problems in your life. Not looking at those issues. But looking unto Jesus. Keeping your mind stayed upon him. And this is the things that lead us into victory. Philippians 4.8 gives us some... Yeah. List eight things that we can think about. You can just uh, at any time. Finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, let me stop there just for a minute. You need to put these things together, too. The first one is whatsoever things are true. I know some true things that I, I probably shouldn't spend a lot of time meditating on just because they're true. They need to fit the rest of the things that are in here. You know what I'm saying? I, you know what? I, I, I watch the news a lot. And I'm, a, I'm probably, if I, if, if I was, I, I'm probably as more of a political junkie than I am a, a, a fishing junkie. And over the past probably five years, I've had to rein that in some. I stay informed. I still stay informed. But I can't continually and perpetually listen to the bad news that is there, to the negativity, to the things that are being spewed out there day in and day out and day in and day out. It's troubling to your spirit. So I have to, I, I've had to pull back and, and get into God's word. And then, then that gives me the, the faith and the power to pray, to pray for President Trump, to pray for Vice President Mike Pence, to pray for this nation, to pray that God's going to bring a great awakening to this nation, to pray that God's going to send revival to his church in this nation, to pray that America can be, can be turned around. Amen? So I can't allow these things so I need to get back and start looking at what God says I should be thinking about what God says I should be meditating about it says finally my brethren whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are noble whatever things are just whatever things are pure whatever things are lovely whatever things are good of a good report if there is any virtue if there is anything praiseworthy meditate on these things These are the things that you think about. These are the things that you meditate on. Amen? In 1953, Frank Sinatra had a hit song, and it was, I Only Have Eyes for You. And in our life, and and in fact, the the two first lines of it says, My love must be a kind of blind love. I can't see anyone but you. That's, That's how you and I should be with Jesus. I've got a blind love that I'm walking through this life and I'm so in love with Jesus I can't see anything but him. The old song says, he's all I need. He's all I need. Jesus is all I need. I will keep his mind in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the Lord. I don't know what God did to me you know me what I just did here is not what I do maybe I shouldn't ask God to break my heart for what breaks his because God has made a way 
for you to walk in such victory, for you to be in that perpetual victory parade, for you to go from glory to glory to glory, and that everywhere you go walking through this world, you're a reflection of the glory of God. That you're not in this world just trying to survive and make it from one day to the next. That you've taken a hold of the truth of God's word. And with Jesus at the forefront of your mind and his word, that's where you're going. Amen? And in order to do this, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to have to be, I, I, I put this up intentional about it. This just doesn't happen. It doesn't just, you just don't start walking on that. You are going to have to fight a battle in your mind and you do it with the weapons that God's given you. And you have to be intentional about it. Listen to me. I don't know anybody in here and if I do, I don't want to know about it. But I don't know anybody in here who gets up in the morning, gets in the shower, walks out of the shower directly out to their car, gets in their car and takes off and or goes to work. There's something intentional about putting your clothes on. And you make sure you don't walk out the door without putting your clothes on. You're intentional about it. There was one time in your life where somebody took that stinky diaper off and put it back on. Not the stinky one. <laughs> but as you grew, you learned to dress yourself. And as you got older, you were more proficient at it. You were intentional. So that when you get out of the shower, you dry yourself off and you put your clothes on and then you go out the door. We need to be intentional. about fighting this battle in our mind, about meditating on the Word of God, about keeping His thoughts in our mind, about taking the other thoughts, our feelings, our, our, our mind, our will, and our emotions to line up with the Word of God is when we are changed, transformed by looking into the Word of God and putting that in up here so that this lines up with our spirit and our spirit is crying out, God, I want to serve you. God, I want to serve you. God, I want to be all that you want me to be. I want to be everything. Isn't there something inside of you that just longs to be ablaze for Jesus? That longs to be on fire for him. That longs not to just survive, but longs to thrive. That longs to be more than a conqueror. That longs to be all that God has for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, I love it so much. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. Look, I don't want to hurt you. I want to give you a hope and a future. That's what God wants to do in your life. Would you stand with me in the service? Intentional. I'm going to give you some homework, and I'm going to leave this up, this next one. I want you to take these scriptures here. Philippians 4, 4 through 9, Ephesians 6, 10. That, this, I didn't even get into the web, uh, you know, putting on the full armor of God. But Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, Psalms chapter 23, Romans chapter 8, and Psalms 34 is a good one of mine. Thank you, John. Nobody needs to hear that. So, we're going to do something here this morning. And I had you with you. I had you honest. And um, it's going to be brief. If you feel compelled, I would like to ask our prayer warriors to, to make their way. Once we've mentioned to you before this morning. Down to the front. And um, I, want to, I want to read to you a couple of things that were spoke out the last... Um, couple of Sundays these were prophetic words that were spoken um, for this body two Sundays ago for three Sundays it says the Lord has emphasized repentance so that he could give his people 
all the blessings that are available to them. God wants to give you these blessings. Two Sundays ago, listen to this. My people, do you realize what has been made available to you through the death, resurrection, and ascension of my son? Love is available. Grace is available. Power is available. Why are you still living as though you are still believing the devil's lies? This will keep you as slaves to anger, to fear, to offense, and even more. My son didn't hang on the cross so that you would have to stay in your despair. And I believe this this morning. There is an atmosphere in this building today that opens heavens to you to receive all the things that belongs to you through my son. The Lord desired to impart himself to people. He wanted them to receive the outpouring that is available last Sunday. In other words, the Lord rained down his presence. He wanted his people to draw near to him so that he could wash all the stuff that didn't belong on them and then pour out his blessing and refreshment on them. We're going to close. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. And um, all that I would like you to do uh, prayer warriors, short, nothing, just a real quick prayer. If you're here today, if you need to leave, that's okay, go ahead and leave. But if you're here today, and, and be mindful, be mindful, uh, not a lot of racket. But if you're here today and you feel like, you know what, I've been struggling to survive. I've been, I've been trying to make it, but I'm struggling. I heard what you said today. I heard God's word today. And I want to begin that journey. I've been on it before. Look, I've been on it before. I'm on it again. And you just want to say, Lord, I want to be all that you want me to be. And I'm going to get into your word and I'm going to begin to fight that battle that I can present to you at that day when you return. Not only my spirit that you redeemed, but, but when I get there, when I get there, the transformation isn't going to have to be so great because I've been moving from glory to glory to glory. I've been moving in that perpetual victory parade and that when I actually receive my new body, the transition is going to be a small one because I've been looking like Jesus more and more every day. That's the kind of life I want to live for the Lord. Amen? We pray you enjoyed this message. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at gaylorchurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.